sounds good. Hey, guys, here we are. Tom was completely out of the screen. <laughs> My bad. That is the best way that we could have started off the MMA podcast, <laughs> episode 61, with Tom Schaff dying here. Uh, didn't even let me give him his proper introduction, so let's try this again. Hey, guys, here we are, the Quigging Out of MMA podcast, and I'm here with episode 61. And your future, I'm going to say it, it's going to sound biased, but your future BKFC lightweight champion, Tom, the gentleman of violence, the 21st century John L. Sullivan, and your local ninja, Shop. How we doing, buddy? I'm doing beautifully. How are you, Matt? I'm good. How are you? Dude, I'm so excited for you. Like, let's let's get right to it. Like, you've been vocal <coughs> and vocal and vocal about not getting a fight. Mm-hmm. And they present you with this. Like, walk me through, like, how that came to be and, if you, like, what your reaction was to being, like, are you shitting me? Like, it's this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we had, um, I've been, the reason I was so vocal is because we had been talking since like July. Jeez. And, uh, I got in a six weeks period from the time we started talking to six weeks later. I got five different dates, two separate, three separate opponents. Um, and, uh, and then, and then it was just, and then everything was just off the table. <laughs> so it was really kind of frustrating. Well, yeah. Um, so, so that was why I started to be so vocal about everything. Um, and then finally they had reached out. Uh, I, we had reached out to David and started talking to David personally um, to try to figure out what was going on, what the situation was, why we were being held off as long as we were. And, uh, you know, he finally said, like, you know, look, like, I've got something special for you. We're trying to plan something. We're trying to figure it out. And, uh, you know, just give him some time. Give us some time and be patient. And that was it. That was uh, September. And you were still pretty vocal in September. Like when- Right. Right. Well that well that was the thing. It's like I was vocal in September and then they had called me and said, you know, David had called me and said, Hey, this is what's going on. Give us some time to figure this out. So I said, Okay, not a problem. Well, you know, five weeks later, six weeks later, I still haven't gotten anything. So, you know, I had reached out and, you know, was a little more vocal and whatnot and Sure enough, like two days later, because typical impatient me, uh, they they made the announcement. Uh, you know, and it, this for me is just it's it's a culmination of to start with the last year and a half of my career. You know, mm-hmm. I set off on a mission a year and a half ago to get well, actually almost two years ago now to get three wins at 155 pounds so that I could have this title shot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I had established for a long time that I am I can fight and I'm good at fighting, but I was doing it at the wrong weight class. Uh, and now, absolutely. And now that I'm at the proper weight class, I, uh, you know, I, I, I believe that I'm one of the best in the world. And now I have an opportunity to fight the pound for pound best in the world. And I'm going to shock the world when I finish him. I'm going to beat that man. And uh, that's what this announcement 
is. It's it's the culmination of the last two years of hard work and the the last fifteen years of my career. Um, so it was it it was it was that sort of feeling when they finally made the announcement. It was life changing, to say the least. Well, and I can't even imagine because I was there for your fight against Julian Lane, your fight against Joe Elmore. You beat Joe Elmore. I'm sorry. Even at the wrong weight class, you beat him. And I might be a yeah. little bit biased here, but yeah. I was there. I watched it. But those knockdowns, it would be like you'd hit him 10 times and he'd hit you once in the knockdown. Yep. But again, fighting at the wrong weight class, we've talked about this over and over. And I don't care if we, we touch on it again, but since going to 55 and finding that home, you've got a first round win, a second round win, a third round win. Mm -hmm. Suffice to say, I'm going to finish Palomino in the fourth round. Fourth round. Okay, everybody, get get your uh, betting betting books out. I don't Those even know. Those are the odds. I can't bet in Florida. It sucks. <laughs> That's all right. Just download that app. <laughs> but what I really love about it is that not only are you vocal, but you know you've become you've embodied the character a lot more recently. I feel like and. I'm I'm gonna throw this in there and then we're gonna touch back on it. But you recently got your black belt, so congratulations, sir. Thank you very much. I know that means a lot. Um, yeah. and the work that yeah. you're putting in. But I've gotta talk to you about the back and forth that you did with Palomino. Those videos put you on a different level when it comes to the exposure because yeah. he's playing into it. So what brought about you starting to make those videos and like when you saw the reaction that he was doing, were you like, Okay, I got him, like I'm in his head. You know, um, for me, it was just like, I think everybody takes Luis way too seriously. I think Luis takes Luis way too seriously. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for me, it's like, I I saw Bare Knuckle had sent, had, had reposted his video and I just, I just couldn't help. He looked like a dork. Like, so like, for me, it was like, all right, like we're going to be in this fight, you know, like either way we're going to fight. So like at this point, like it doesn't matter what's said. And I don't feel like I was being like over the top or like insulting or, you know, anything like that. Like I was being playful. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I, I, I don't fear that man. And when he responded the way that he responded, it was like, okay, like, see, like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, you take yourself too seriously, bro. <laughs> like, all right, then if that's what you want to do, we're just going to keep playing into this. And, um, yeah, like, it was just, it was fun for me. And I, I, and like I said, I'm in a point right now in my career where I I'm 33 years old, man. And, I feel myself getting better and better on a daily basis. I am reaching, I'm in an upward trajectory, physically, <laughs> mentally, emotionally, spiritually, yeah. you know, all of that. And uh, I just, I don't, I don't fear that guy. Like that guy, like I, he may be pound for pound the best in the world. Great. I'm going to beat his fucking ass. Like that's it. Like that that's that's how I feel. He wants to take himself seriously and he wants to be, you know, whatever he wants to be, cool. Do that. Sweet. But on December third, I'm gonna fucking finish you in the fourth round. That's what I'm gonna do. Are you are you calling fourth round because I said fourth round or did you already see the pattern? <laughs> no, well that's been the pattern is I won the first fight at one fifty five in the first round, the second fight in the second round, the third fight in the third round. 
I'm just going to keep it going. I'm going to put such an immense pace on that man that he's not going to know how to handle it. And he's going to run into so many punches that uh, his body's just not going to keep up. Just It's just it's not going to be able to keep up by the fourth round. That, that, that's what I'm going to do. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. What what prompted the change in mindset? Like, what do you think you've done differently to kind of change besides fighting at the right weight class? Because we've talked about that over and over again. But you're talking about how you're in a different place, that upward trajectory. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely getting the black belt had to be a, a push in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, those years of hard work and dedication you're putting in there and knowing what it takes to get to that point how did you change the mindset to start all those things going in that upward motion? This is probably going to come off as like egotistical or I don't know. Um, It'll come off. However, it's going to come off. (laughs) But I think, I think you probably said it best is like, this is, I've been doing this for 15 years and I'm the type of person to always rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. And this is my opportunity to prove that I'm better than the best in the world. Like I'm going to rise to that occasion. I feel That's like cool. I've been rising only to the level of my opponents in my last handful of fights because I've only had to train so hard, so to speak, uh, because I know what those people are bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. I also know what the best in the world is bringing to the table. And I think I've got more to offer. I, th- I think that what I'm going to bring to this to this fight are things that he's never seen and never experienced before. I'm confident in that. And that confidence for me is something that I feel like I can now bring out and bring to the table and present to people. I can now talk that shit. I can now say these things. It's like, look, now I'm in a position where I'm going to fight the best in the world. You cannot tell me I haven't earned it or I don't belong here. And once I go beat that motherfucker, everybody who doubted me is going to have a foot in their mouth. Yeah. And I want to talk about, you know, some of the last people who had the confidence going in against palomino and of course like right off the top of my head i forgot everybody he's ever fought (laughs) (laughs) well he's fought uh elvin brito twice he fought dat nguyen tyler goodjohn isaac valley flag and jim allers oh someone's gotta and i love that you're doing that research because i've never met anybody i've never interviewed a fighter who rattled off all what is it seven seven of his bare knuckle fights yeah, you're showing you're showing a dedication I haven't seen from you before. You're showing a different level, and like you talked about, you know, everybody can watch this and say, "Oh, you're just blowing smoke," or "You guys are friends," and blah. That doesn't matter. You know, watching the fight, there's people I want to win here, and there's people I know we're going to win here. And you're mm-hmm. kind of changing that. You know, when when Ike fought him, and I was right. I think that was right before my birthday or on my birthday when he fought him and I had just interviewed Ike about that fight and the fight went the way it did. And I was like, shit, but Ike's even said, you know, Ike's been through a lot and you've been through a lot, but you're also almost 10 years younger than Palomino Mm -hmm. while in this game today, age isn't really seeming to matter anymore. Well, that's because he's on steroids, but you know, (laughs) 
<laughs> That's my opinion. I will, I will, I will, I will backtrack and preface my opinion. I have no facts to back this up. My opinion is Luis Palomino's on steroids. I wasn't ready for that, man. Jeez. <laughs> my bad. Damn, you get a black belt, you just say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> yeah, bro. I'm I'm okay at jujitsu now, so like watch out. <laughs> and bare knuckle, that's important. Right. Right. I don't know, man. Some of the last bare knuckle fights I'm watching, I'm like, do you guys remember that there's no takedowns and mm. there's no, you know, we're hitting people on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, some people are just uh you know what's what's that what's that phrase about marching to the beat of their own drum? They're yeah. doing that. That's what they're doing. Well, and I know when we talked before, there was you know Mendez came up. We're going to talk about mm -hmm. Chad Mendez and how we thought he was going to skip the line. Mm -hmm. Do you feel Bare Knuckles putting more stock in you because they've kind of grown you up and introduced you in a new light to the world instead of just putting somebody in there? like Mendes, who has the name and came from the UFC, do you feel like them putting you in this spot against Palomino is more so like your reward for moving up the ranks and doing what you're supposed to do? I mean, I would certainly hope so. I feel like uh, that makes the most sense in a perfect world, politically correct, excellent sort of situation. Um yeah, you know, the, like I've 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 paid my dues, so to speak. Um, as far well, up w when I had gotten my third victory, I was the only person who was three and zero at one hundred and fifty five pounds, and I was the only person with three finishes at one hundred and fifty five pounds, mm -hmm. and at, I was still out of the rankings and unranked, and you know all this other stuff and nonsense, and um, you know. So I think now, as it stands, uh, Bobby Taylor's three and one. Um, and I think, uh, what's his face? Tony Loco Soto is, uh, I think he's three and oh now. So I think there's a couple other guys that are three and oh, so I'm sure that there are a couple of people that are, you know, right there in line waiting for, uh, their opportunity to take this belt for me as soon as I win it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, to get back to the question, I would say that I, I certainly hope that they are taking me seriously as a fighter, but also as a personality, so to speak. Um, yeah, I've grown into the role and I've grown into the part. You know, uh, I've been loyal to this company since they started as a company. I was at the first show, I fought for the second show, and I haven't done anything else outside of jujitsu. Um, since since then so hopefully yeah they're taking me seriously as a fighter and as a person and uh giving me th these opportunities because i've i've earned them and uh hopefully uh they keep doing that you know we'll we'll, we'll keep this 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 upward trajectory going yeah and and you know we talked about that you know you fighting on the second one we've got bkfc 32 coming up on saturday mm -hmm. like you've been Quite a way, you've been fighting pretty consistently twice a year. Do you want it to be more than twice a year? I know you're itching to fight. You know, we'll say best case scenario, and I'm not trying to be that guy. Best case scenario, you you walk out of the champion. You know, you want to fight three times, or do you want to keep that twice a year just to stay busy? You know, uh, 
that's a tricky question. <laughs> um, I, I, I know because <laughs> I, I, you know, I think I, I think uh, where I'm at in my life right now, like I said, I'm 33 years old, and um, I can only do this for so much longer. And I'm like, and I'm in a really good position right now, and I can just feel myself getting better. So my goal <laughs> is to be as financially stable as possible when I to, when I can't do this anymore uh, without selling my soul. So uh, you know, I um, yeah, I would like to take the right fights for the right money and be as active as possible. And if that means fighting two times a year, three times a year, you know, maybe even four times a year, depending on the 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 damage I take or don't take, you know, things like that. You know, anything is possible. But my goal is is activity. I want yeah. to be as active as possible. And if I can rally up a handful more fights over the next four or five years, that would be a beautiful thing. So, uh, so yeah, let's, 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 let's aim for three fights a year and, and, and go from there because two fights a year is just not working out, man. I'll tell you what, <laughs> this, this whole fight once every six months thing, once every eight months thing is really, it's for the birds. You know, I can't, I can't do all that. Well, how tough is it to keep that mindset when the fights are so spread out? Because obviously, you know, we talked about you being vocal and still training and you had that you competed in a grappling competition and won. Mm -hmm. you, you screwed mm -hmm. up your one, two, three with that, but doesn't count as bare knuckles. So we're all right. Right. How hard is well, it? That that much, though. Yeah, exactly. First <laughs> round. <laughs> um, you know, man, it's, it's tough to be in a competitor's mentality when you don't have anything to compete for. Mm-hmm. I will actually say that I am grateful for the consistent push back for this most recent fight because I never stopped training since July. Mm -mm. So because I knew that phone call was going to happen. I knew eventually we were going to get a fight. I knew something was going to come through at some point or another. There were yeah. 55ers on every fight card leading up until our fight, you know, so I knew it was going to happen. Um, so I just stayed in the gym. I stayed training. I stayed active. I did a lot of maintenance work, you know, just kettlebells and dumbbells and cardio and just basic nonsense and shenanigans to make sure I was in good shape when I was ready to start camp. And now I'm starting camp and like I started, I hate to sound like this guy, but like I've never been, I've never been a guy to start training camp with a six pack. And I started training camp with six pack. Like I started training camp in the best shape of my life, like the best shape I've ever been. And that's what I mean by like, I'm on this upward trajectory right now where I'm just, I'm in such good shape and I'm able to train so hard and, and train well, not only hard, but train well. Yeah. You know, that, that it's, 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 absolutely changed my mentality as far as my confidence and my my readiness for this fight um but that has been because i haven't stopped training really since july i've been constantly working um so to get back to the question i don't like taking a lot of time off and it's hard to have these long breaks in between fights uh but it has certainly worked to my benefit most recently yeah
And I, I love that, that mindset, like you're talking about, you know, walking in with a six pack. And you did say the cliche thing that I hate it when fighters say, I'm in the best shape of my life. Because just once, <laughs> I want a fighter to be like, I'm in the worst shape ever. And then go out, destroy somebody and go, eh, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I mean, has it, I'm sure Roy Nelson's done that once or twice. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I ate 45 cheeseburgers uh, before this, and then I just overhand right in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, somebody's got to do it. I hate to be the cliche guy and say that, but honestly, man, that's how I feel. Like, I, I get in the gym and I work with pops, and we, we'll crack mitts for 40 minutes. And I mean crack mitts. And, and I, I, I feel fine. You know, I'll go, we've got a, a, a mountain here. It's called Mount Scott and it's 1500 feet. It's three miles, 3.25 miles uphill. And it's, it's excruciating, but I'll go run that mountain and then I'll run right back down that mountain and I'll do it in less than an hour. And then I'll go hit other, you know, I'll go hit other like five mile runs that are nothing, you know, I'll just, I'll blow through them, you know? So like, I just, I, I, I'm, like I said, I, you know, many moons ago, I started throwing kettlebells around and, 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 you know, going, doing to a, uh, like a, like a CrossFit Olympic lifting type gym and, and doing different exercises and stuff with, with, uh, this guy, Carlos, who's, who's pretty fantastic at what he does and um you know i so just physically i feel differently i'm i'm bigger i'm faster i'm stronger i still weigh 168 pounds you know so like i'm coming into this fight just so much different the the the, the tom shof that fought bruce lutch medial back in april versus the tom shof that's gonna fight luis palomino for the title in december are gonna be two completely different people and that's what I mean by, you know, I'm the I'm in the best shape of my life. You're going to see the best version of Tom Shove. And that's why I come off as confident as I as I am when I say that I'm going to finish that man in the fourth round because I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to freak out when that happens. I'm not going to lie. I, I, again, everybody's going to be like, ah, oh, it's biased. What? Whatever, man. Be, be, let it be biased. So what? Yeah. Be biased. Don't be a journalist who doesn't have You can bias. be biased and still be right. This is true. <laughs> you should put that on a t-shirt. You can be biased and still be right. I might. I might. I, I love about it because it is it is a cliche thing, but it's believable. You know, we, we've talked, you know, we've been documenting, you know, this journey you've had in BKFC, you know, ever since the first moment I met you backstage and I watched six people try to fist bump you and Julian. And I'm just watching everybody. And I just, in that moment, I was like, aren't you tired of people doing that? Yeah, man, like, my fists hurt. <laughs> you're like, you're looking at, looking at your hand. It's all. Yeah. But from that moment, like you were Tom Schaff who liked to get hit and hit back. Mm -hmm. Then it was, you were hit, 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 get hit big. That was the Elmore fight. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, Tom Schaff, it's not that you didn't want to get hit anymore. Is that I think you were just done getting hit. Yeah. And you started to change your head movement. You started to change the way you fought. And not so much that you changed completely as a fighter, but you you evolved. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's more believable to think that you really are coming in as the best version of yourself. Because those last three fights, there are people who are going to pick on the people you fought. Oh, they're not the top five. They're not. The... 
doesn't matter. Anybody can beat anybody in a fight. Mm-hmm. We've learned that time and time again. And all it takes is one slip up, one miss mm-hmm. for a counter punch to hit, for the right punch to hit, for anything. I keep thinking of like kicks and everything, but I'm like, we're talking about bare knuckles. So none of that matters. You can't go for that guillotine. I know you want right. to, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's believable when you say those things. You've been showing it over the last three fights. You haven't just been the same Tom Shaw for the last three fights and been like, well, I'm just fighting in my right weight class. So now I'm now I'm better. You know, you said you're 168, cutting to 155. That's not mm-hmm. a bad cut. Mm-mm. And we're a no. month out today. Right. So yeah. it's not a bad cut. And I feel like you were fighting at 170 because you thought you needed to fight at 170. I was fighting at 170 because I was tired of cutting weight, man. I was fighting at 170 because it was just it was just easier for me. And I, and I mean, I, as a as a kid who grew up, you know, watching like who, a kid who started fighting because of the Ultimate Fighter, to get a phone call and say, hey, "You want to fight Julian Lane?" Like, yeah, I want to yeah. bang, bro. Yeah, let me <laughs> bang, bro. Exactly. Like, let's go. You know, so like that. Like, yeah, that was a that was a cool. That was a great opportunity for me, just you know, for 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 me, you know, just to say I did it. You know, I thought I got fight of the night to get over uh, Pauli Malinaji and Artem Lobov when I fought Julian Lane at 175 pounds or 100, yeah, 170, no, 170 pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, so like that that's something that I can I can share with my, my myself and my grandkids. You know, and, and that's a cool story for me. Um, that was my first bare knuckle fight. Like that event was well. I'm I'm glad I was glad I could be your fight of the night, Cherry. Glad I could do that for you. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of my evolution over the last two years has been my move down to Oklahoma. Um, I moved down here in December of nineteen, so almost three years ago, and uh, that was and I fought uh, Joe Elmore. Um, Joe Elmore was my first fight after I moved down here mm-hmm. and I fought him, uh, on the September 11th show of 2020. Yep. And, uh, you know, that was, that was, that was the start of the evolution, so to speak. You could see the punch output, you could see the intensity, you could see the, the sort of style that we wanted to bring to the fight. The grit. Um, yeah. The grit. Yeah. But uh, but the lacking of head movement. And then when we made the right move down to get down to 155 pounds, I was a little lighter. I was a little faster. I was able to do things a little better. You started to see that head movement showcase a little more. You started to see the combination showcase a little more. And, um, you know, I just, I, I like, like I said, now I've had another eight months to prepare from, from my lap, from April to December it's eight months, you know, so we, there's a, we've had a lot of time to improve a lot of time to advancing it better. And, uh, that's, what's made the biggest difference over the last three years of my career has been the move down here to Oklahoma and getting back with my original boxing coach. And, uh, those, uh, the fruits of those labors are going to be on display. That's for sure. Like I said, we're going to see a whole new version of me. It's going to be, I beautiful. love it. Just because every time I look at your capology page, it's you without a mustache. 
I'm gonna have to put a. I'll put a link to that. Into the thing. It, that's a bad one, man. It's one it's of those terrible. Like, I, think I was like nineteen, <laughs> nineteen or twenty in that picture. That's a that's a that's a tough one. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Go home. <laughs> Go home. You probably are home. I am home. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. No, yeah. it's funny because those were the old days. That was that was your local ninja, Tom Shove. Yeah. Well, and you <laughs> like you said, you've evolved and the nicknames have evolved, which is something that normally doesn't happen. You know, once you get those nicknames, and some of them, we're gonna talk about some nicknames that have bothered me. Like right. Hendo bothers me because Hendo works when you just call him Hendo. But when you say Dan Hendo Henderson, it just sounds stupid. I agree. Uh, DC is another one. DC on his own, fine. Daniel DC Court, no, I didn't, yeah. I didn't need all that. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with these. These are these are good points. As as much of a shithead as he's been lately, John Bones Jones works perfectly because yeah. you can say it all together. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. Now, since you said that. I would like to comment on your little scroll thing here at the bottom of the uh, the the screen. Um, is your name that doesn't rough? that doesn't that doesn't play out well, Tom Gentleman of Violence Shof? No, 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 sir. It's oh, it's the Gentleman of Violence, Tom Shof. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Hey, look at that. <laughs> Quick fix. Dude, I had an episode where I spelled somebody's name wrong and I felt so bad because I had done all the research and it was just one of those quick moments where I'm like typing, typing, typing. Mm -hmm. And then I realized I was like, his name is spelled wrong. Oh, well, did you edit it before he noticed it? Uh, Let's hope so. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't come up. I was just like, put the banner away. Oh, look, it's back. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just got to do the behind-the-scenes stuff, and that's the stuff that nobody sees, and that's why nobody sees it. No, I'm I'm pretty open. Like, I think one of the funniest shows I've had to date was Lorenzo Hunt or uh, Lorenzo Hood. Sorry, not Lorenzo Hunt. That's a whole <laughs> new. That's a whole nother. Man, he has said some weird shit lately. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Lorenzo Hood and I did an interview and his phone battery died and it was so good that he was like, Hey man, can we pick this up tomorrow? So I just edited the two shows together. Well, one is night, one is day. He's wearing different clothes. And when I edited it, I thought I was being genius by cutting out the dead space. Mm-hmm. No, it just, <laughs> it just, I was like, Hey guys, so sorry about that. And everyone's like, sorry about what? There was nothing in between. <laughs> Well, why'd you bring it up, Matt? Uh, because <laughs> if you don't find the fault, like, listen, jujitsu is a perfect example. <laughs> okay. We had a brown belt who's now a black belt at my academy who literally every time we rolled would just chuck me, like sweat me like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. And I had a good 50, 60 pounds on him every time. Mm-hmm. And I, it just bothered me over and over. And I keep rolling with him, and it kept going. I was a white belt, and I couldn't understand why I kept getting thrown. And then one day, I was just like, damn it. I was like, why does this keep happening? And he goes, easy. He goes, when you get to this position, he goes, you do this. 
three times. You lean to one side three times. He goes, and on the third time, I sweep you every time. Had he not pointed out the mistake to me, I would still be doing it to this day. Okay. But you better believe the next time we rolled, I went one, two, and I threw all my weight to the other side <laughs> as he tried to do it. And I was like, okay, it's good. Like, you've got the black belt. I'm borderline. I, I, I'm safe to say borderline purple belt. I'm feeling pretty good about that. We So now I can't challenge you because you're a black belt and there's a respect thing there. But I've also got some weight on you, so it'd be kind of offset. I gotta, I'm gonna... And now a word from our sponsor, Anchor, who's made this entire process possible. Now back to the show. I'm going to pause you right here, and we're going to take a left turn. Left turn. Left, left turn. Um, who the fuck told you you couldn't challenge black belts? So this has been something there's there's a school of thought on this. So I'm educate me. Yeah. So I'm never gonna walk into somebody else's academy and pick out a black belt and run but right. But we're up. not talking about somebody else's academy. We're talking about your academy. Oh no. No, I've definitely called out black belts. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Cause if you can't call out the black belts at your academy, you need to find a new academy. Oh no. Uh, I, we have a pretty, pretty general rule, and it might just be because everybody loves beating up on Derek, who's our, who was, who is our like head black belt. Um, everybody likes beating up on him when they get an opportunity, which is far and few between. Mm -hmm. Um, but we we go after that dude, like we like every time we roll with him, it's like no, I'm 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 gonna take something home with me. Yeah, and. Ever since I got my black belt, uh, now everybody like as a brown belt, people are like, "Nah, man, we'll just roll, we'll flow, it'll be cool, you know, we'll have fun." I got that black belt, and now they just it's it's now I think we're just starting a new tradition. Is you know, once you get promoted black belt, nah, it's, no, now we get to fuck you up. No, and I <laughs> I think that's true. That's true from white to blue as well. Yeah, and I feel like because as a white belt, you start to get the confidence. And you're mm -hmm. like, I'm starting to get good at this. And you get your blue belt. Mm -hmm. And the next time you roll with those same people, they destroy you. Yes. And yes. you're like, what was that? They're like, yeah. So before, you, you know, we built up the confidence. Right. You know, we built up the skills. We did all that stuff. Yeah. Now you got to now you got to do it. Right. Well, that's the thing is it keeps you honest as a competitor. And uh, when you have a competitor's mindset, you're able to to teach competitors and that's one of the the beautiful things about my gym particularly i'll i'll to our horn for a second uh alpha mma down here in lawton oklahoma is every single person in our gym competes everybody's a competitor all of our coaches wow. all of our staff everybody everybody's a competitor and that's that's not very common no it's not um, but, but we all, there isn't a single person who had, who is in attendance and we've got 250 plus members. Now, every single one of them has competed at one time or another. And, uh, and, and they get all of their instruction from people who compete all of our black belts, all of our brown belts, all of our 
purple belts, all of I them. Saw that, by the way. All of our instructors, they they're all competitors, you know, yeah. and, and it gives us it gives us an advantage. It really does, you know, mm-hmm. and, and having that mentality going into anything, you know, is advantageous, you know, just to uh toot your own horn. Well, you well, yeah, of course I want to toot my own horn, but to be to to have a competitor's mindset, you know, to 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 be to get back to the white belt to blue belt and us getting the brown belt um or i should say the brown belt to black belt scenario Mm -hmm. is we can't we're not allowed to rest on our laurels or whatever when it comes to okay like yeah you got your black belt you're done no no you're still on the match you're still working you're still training you're still busting your ass and the rest of your team is here to keep you honest because you're still a competitor regardless of 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 belt rank um it it helps with the mentality you know as far as being a competitor it helps you always have that edge and always be ready no and it there's something i've always said and i know it's not my phrase i'm not saying i came up with this but i feel like as a black belt every black belt has forgotten something that a white belt just learned and I know that sounds like a weird thing. It's not that you've literally forgotten it and that it's completely foreign to you, but it's mm-hmm. something you haven't, you know, a different kind of mindset. You know, we'll train with some new white belts. And the first thing I'll say to them is, are you a wrestler? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause I'm like, right. no white belts should be able to manhandle me. Like right. That. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, there's some things that the body just doesn't forget. You know, regardless of how long you you haven't been there, um, but yeah, to get back to to what you said, you, yeah, that we have learned that was probably that was probably one of the more intimidating things about getting my black belt was not only did I get my black belt, but I got my white bars as well because I own this facility. I'm I'm partners with in in ownership with this in this facility, so I'm I'm now professor which means that oh. I'm on the mats, you know, five days a week instructing, which means that I have to have a library of jujitsu in my head. Um, and so now it's forcing me to go back and start studying all of the things that, like you said, I'd fucking forgotten about. There are positions and, and, and moves and sweeps and submissions that I'm just like, holy shit, it's been years since I've seen that. You know, um, but going back and, and diving back into that history, so to speak, and relearning those things and redigesting those things is crucial when, when you are, like I said, in being a teacher, being a professor and an instructor, but also when it comes to competition, the more tools you got in your toolbox, you know, the better off you're going to be. So having that, uh, having that realization uh, was, was humbling, but it, it's necessary. Oh, absolutely. And I if you if you don't notice, I fixed the scrolling marquee once more. Oh, I noticed, but it's still <laughs> It's still wrong. It's still wrong? Yeah, it's supposed to say the gentleman of violence, Tom the, Shove. Oh, see, listen. You're <laughs> in the middle there, son. I said that 10 minutes ago, but you just you were so confident in your your quick fix that i just let it go oh okay listen to this guy calling me out of my own damn show hey bro Jeez. someone's gotta do it oh my god listen man hey you get black belt you just say whatever the fuck you want bro 
anybody watching this, go back and watch episode 49 I did with Phil Bleats because we talked about a different kind of mindset when it comes to the black belt. Because I read an article that was like, you should never, you know, go to a black belt. You should never do this. You should never do that. And I don't agree with that in a sense. Like, I would not walk into a stranger's gym, pick out a black belt as a blue belt, and be like, yo, let's go. Mm-hmm. There's a different level of respect, but yes. at the same time, I don't think like if the black belt looks at you and goes, "You want to go?" You, yeah, 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 I yeah, because the black belt should be able to beat your ass, <laughs> like, and that's the point. Like yeah. that's the fucking point is like <laughs> you don't get your black belt and then people go and then and you're like, all right, I don't have to fight anymore. I don't have to do jujitsu anymore. Like I'm done. Like no, like not, as a black like belt, you should be able to. You should be able to smash everybody on the mat. And and as a black belt, <laughs> this goes back to like the old school fucking Bruce Lee days, like the, the gym challenges and stuff. But if anybody comes into my gym and gets on the mats and says, I, I want to I want to go around with you. You better believe I better be ready to fucking like, to prove my gym's worth. Like, like, play, like, if I can't go out and fucking compete, but what good are my students? If I can't go out and perform, like, who's going to believe in my techniques? Who's going to believe in what I'm teaching? That was the whole reason I started fighting to begin with. I've told this story a handful of times, but I'll tell it again. I, don't I started fighting because I wanted to be a coach. Like, my, I had a fight. Like, so I, well, <laughs> I started fighting because I told people I was a fighter. <laughs> and then after like nine months they were like when are we gonna see you fight and i was like oh shit i should probably do this so i had a couple amateur fights um and i loved it but i realized that like unless i do this and like learn it that nobody's ever going to believe me if i try to coach them or instruct them i don't i need i need a name i need a resume and then people will will start to follow me so to speak mm-hmm. um so that was why I started my career. It just so happens that I've built it to this beautiful point that it's at right now. Like I've been incredibly fortunate and, and blessed in that sense. Uh, but the goal was never to be the best in the world. The goal was to be a great coach. And it just so happens that I'm going to be the best in the world in the process. Um, but the reason I have to go through this and the reason I have to go out and compete is to prove to my students, you know, like, look, I've done this. I've been there. It, well, you want to fight MMA? I've done it. You want to do kickboxing? I've done it. You want to do bare knuckle boxing? I've done it. You want to do gloved boxing? I've done it. You want to do jujitsu tournaments? I've done it. Mm-hmm. You want your black belt? I've got one. I can show you how to get there. I've, I've, I've got the map. And that's the point. Like you need to be able as a coach and as a, as a black belt, if anybody comes into your gym, you need to be able to smear their fucking face with the roadmap of jujitsu. And that's the point, bro. And I get that people aren't just going to jujitsu class, you know, uh, gyms and challenging black belts. And as a a fellow jujitsu player, you're not just going to go to some new gym and call out the black belt. Like that's a very disrespectful thing to do, and ninety nine percent of people aren't going to do that. But every but there is that one percent. One percent of people are fucking stupid, and they'll show up. And when that time happens, you better be ready. It's just plain and simple. So that's my mentality on it. Is especially in our own gym, like we're we're a gym full of competitors, and our job is to keep our competitors honest. You keep them honest by smashing their fucking asses. 
And I'm just going to bring up something. So if you look at the the history of Florida, I'm not going to say these are the only four black belts that really started it, but there's four crucial ones. You've got guys like, you know, Rob Kahn. I'm just going to use their names because we're already talking about professors. Rob Kahn, you know, we're talking about Ricardo Laborio. We're talking about um, my professor, Professor Mike Geary. And then there's Professor Ross Kellen, who's probably been in it the most. Um, he actually has a fighter fighting in BKFC, Jessica Borga, who's fighting on Saturday. Um, he did He did a class with us last week, and he said when he rolls with anybody as a black belt, he looks at them and he goes, all right, what position do you want? Any position you want. You want the back with hooks in and your hand around? Go for it. And mm-hmm. he said for him, he goes, it's a difference because if we start rolling, I get to where I want to be. I'm not learning anything. You're right. not learning anything. He right. goes, but if you put me in the most uncomfortable position you can find, mm-hmm. I'm going to get out and I'm going to be better because of it. And so are you. And I was like, that blew my mind. Can you imagine mm-hmm. someone coming up and just going, yeah, just put me in a rear naked choke. All right, now we can start. Like, bump well, again, yeah, man, that's our job as 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 professors, as black belts, man, as and just as coaches, even if you're not a black belt, just a higher belt. Your job as a teammate and as a partner is to help your teammates and partners get better because the better they get, the better you get. So as a purple belt working with a blue belt, you should let them get that arm bar. You should let them get that triangle, that rear naked choke. And then you should fight out of it because then they have to fight to finish it. Yeah. You work on your defense, they work on their offense, and you both get better. You should flow through these positions and you should allow these things to happen. That's how you get better at the sport. That's just that's that that's common sense to me. Yeah. That 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 it boggles the mind when you see people just smash on people who are not as good as them because they can it's like yeah. nah bro you just yeah like you knock that off like you're not getting any better he's not getting any better so yeah who, whoever told you that that's exactly the right mentality like that's yeah. how you get better yeah and what i love is that a few months ago i had situations where i tried to put myself in uncomfortable positions and i ran i had two five minute rolls and eight of those 10 minutes i had somebody on my back and I didn't get choked out either time. <laughs> well, good, good. You know, I like to I like to hook the right leg when you go for that right hook. I'll hook it mm-hmm. and lock it down, and I'll just mm-hmm. every time you turn, I just turn with it. It makes mm-hmm. it very uncomfortable, and it's one less thing. So every time you get it around my neck, I just turn, and it puts pain on your leg. So you let go, and I'm like, okay. But I felt good about that because it was a yeah. position they tell you never to be in. Like, don't be there. But the point is, is if you're there, you can survive. And that's yeah. really what jujitsu is all about. You know, like a, a, in the grand scheme of things, it's if somebody bigger, faster, stronger, more powerful than you attacks you, you can survive yeah. regardless of situation or scenario. That's the, that's the goal of jujitsu. So if you can let somebody play on your back and, you know, for eight of 10 minutes and not get submitted, you're doing jujitsu right. That was, that was me tooting my own horn. And let's talk about the fact that you've got an upcoming BKFC lightweight title fight. And okay. 90% <laughs> of our call has been about jujitsu. Nothing wrong with that, dude. Like, we, we like what we like. Like, that's what the, this podcast is about us. It's not about the fight, but we no. can make it about the fight if you want to. 
no. And I just, I just thought that was a funny thing because I was like, the more we talk about it, and I'm like, this podcast has been a journey of my jujitsu as well. Like the it word. literally has, you know, gotten to the point where when I started Take me on your journey, Matt, show me the world. <laughs> I'm not Aladdin. <laughs> I don't have a magic carpet. I know you have some magic grass, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's floating around here somewhere. <laughs> really, man, more than anything, I'm so excited to see this fight. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, me being there for it. That is the plan. Now I'm just knocking stuff over and making loud noises. Um, and I and I say that because I was, like I said, I was there for the Lane fight. I was there for the Elmore fight. You know, being in Florida, you know, I was there you were fighting the first night that I heard a fist hurt a skull for the first time. Like actually a knuckle hit a skull. And I was like, that is the worst sound I've heard in my life. It's all right. The next fight's on. Okay. What? (laughs) And it, it's, it's violent. It's barbaric, but it's calculated. You see the guys who just start wing punches. Yeah. You can wing punches and win a fight. Cool. You're not going to win the next one doing that. Right. You're not going to win the next one doing that. Right. Yeah. You have to evolve evolve yourself. And that's the whole basis of everything we've been talking about is the evolution of the local ninja to the 21st century John L. Sullivan to the gentleman of violence, Tom Shaw. Not Tom, the gentleman of violence, Shaw, as you. (laughs) Right. Because that nicely pointed out. God. it's so much fun talking to you like it really is because i feel like we just did an episode six episodes ago and we were in a completely different place mm-hmm. like you were a brown belt and had yeah. no direction as far as what the next fight was going to be yeah 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 it was uh that was over when i was at leonard's house if i recall correctly yeah and uh oh, leonard yeah old leonard i uh i miss that man um yeah you know, we're all gonna get together one of these days we have to well yeah. florida florida will be it he should be down there man i would be i would be mighty surprised if if leonard and his wife weren't there um <laughs> but anywho yeah it's been a wild six months man it's been a great evolution for me and uh for the sport in a in the grand scheme you know there are a lot of great organizations out there doing a lot of great things and, um, you know, it's just constantly growing and building. Um, and I feel like now the BKFC is finally in a position where they can start growing their own champions and stop pulling in these guys that have done great things for other organizations. Um, you know, we're, we're in a position where we can, we can do our own thing now. And I think that that's, uh, that's important, you know, and I'm looking forward to being the, uh, the face of the second chapter of the BKFC, you know, that's a, uh, that's going to be fun for me. I don't mean to do this, but did you have somebody in mind when you were saying that? Uh, there's a lot of them in mind, man. I mean, there are a lot of people who have come over who have done great things in other organizations who are getting paid really good money simply because they've done great things in other organizations, which I understand when it comes to marketing and business and all of that other stuff. I, I get it. But as somebody who has been with the organization from the first show and somebody who 
knows many a fighters who have also been with the organization since the first couple of shows who aren't seeing nickels on the dollar of what some of these guys are seeing who've done 10 times more for the organization. It's, it's heartbreaking, you know? So yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they're in a position now hopefully where they can start building some of their own guys because we have had 30 plus shows and we are, we, we do have longstanding talented fighters like Lorenzo Hunt, Mike Richmond, Rich Doolittle, myself, Reggie Barnett. Um, I'm sure there are a handful others out there that are I'm just Edward. Elvin Brito. Yeah. You know, uh, Caleb Harris, you know, there are guys out there that are talented, that are personable, that could be stars that, uh, you know, they're not really investing as much as they could into. But again, that's my opinion. And I feel like now that they've made the moves that they've made, they'll be able to, uh, to ju juxtapose that with uh, ju juxtapose, whatever that word is. Yeah, they'll be able to, to, to something like completely better. <laughs> <laughs> so just because it just happened last weekend, I've got to ask your thoughts. I have to take a deep breath before I even ask this. What were your thoughts on Anderson Silva versus Jake Paul? I didn't watch it. There we go. <laughs> Apparently, not a lot of people did because from what I'm seeing, like, not a lot of pay-per-view buys. And I was like, I wonder why you fought a 47-year-old man. Yeah, you know, like, Anderson Silva was great five years ago, you know. I still think he's great. He's just. You're right. You're right. But he, you, not, you can only keep up for so long. Yes, he's not a world-class competitor anymore. He was the GOAT, and nobody can ever take that away from him. But that was. He's, you know, five years past that. And uh, and it's always fun to watch older fighters fight other older fighters. You know, guys that make sense generationally or mm -hmm. guys that make sense in the age brackets, experience, things like that. Like the Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. fight. Like, that was fun. Yeah. You know, they weren't trying to go out there and beat the hell out of each other. They were just trying to go out there and have a sparring match, you know, a competitive exhibition match. And, like, the, things like that, those are fun. Yeah, nobody wants to see a fucking twenty-five-year-old kid beaten up on a forty-seven-year-old man who used to be the greatest of all time. Yeah, nobody wants to see that shit. Sorry, you know, like that. Uh, rephrase. I'm sure there are people out there that do want to see that. As Listen. a fighter and as a, a fight fan, not interested. No, and that's that's what's so fun about it because now there's a video circulating of one angle. Or that punch that hits him. There's a punch that knocks down Anderson in the eighth. And it doesn't hit him from this angle. So as you see it, he literally goes like this. Hmm. And he falls down. And everyone's like, whoa. But they're like, but from this angle, he hits him. And I'm like, well, then why is there an angle that shows him not hitting him? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a different punch. You know, I mean, who knows with video editing and everything else these days, they can take one punch and, you know, put it right next to another punch and slice them together and be like, oh, it's the same. But I don't fucking yeah. know, dude. Listen, I'm, 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 all I'm for sure it. it's just I'm sure if I had to make a guess, it's for clicks. Yeah. 
because they didn't make shit on the pay-per-view. So yeah. they got to stir up a bunch of controversy. So people click and they watch those videos. So then they get ad revenue and shit like that from those videos as opposed to their pay-per-view videos because that's how the internet works now. That is how the internet works. And I'm just going to say on conspiracy theories, just because I love Ron Funches so much. If you've never watched his comedy, he's hysterical. But he has a bit about conspiracy theories. He's like, you know what I don't trust? People who don't believe in any conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah. like, not even one? Yeah, not, not a single one. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. And I agree, don't trust those people. No. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> those are people not to trust. Wow, we went off on a freaking tangent there. But it's that's okay. what we do here. Um, that's why we're here. It blows my mind, and I'm not saying this in a negative way, but it blows my mind that in a month or by the end of 22, start of 23, the gentleman of violence will be a lightweight champion. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty great. Like, that's, that's mind-blowing that that's a possibility. <laughs> and it's, it's, a, it's a definitive. It's not even just a possibility. It's, it's, it's definitive. It's already been written. The stars have already aligned. I just got to go out there and do it. And uh, as long as I continue to put in the work that I've been putting in and then some, uh, it'll be done, you know? So, uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna wake up uh, Christmas morning with a, 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 a nice frosty mug of some delicious hot cocoa and, you know, a, a tree with wonderful presents and some some cookies and a big old shiny belt around my waist and it's just gonna be, it's gonna be a wonderful uh, 2023 for Tom. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I take this moment every time. Give us who you're thankful for. Any of the sponsors that have helped you get to this point? Because here we are. We're a month out. It's it's November third right now when we're shooting this. Yeah. Like, talk about who's helped you get to this point and, you know, the people in your corner that have literally brought you to this point. Uh, well, first and foremost, it would have to be Coach Pete, you know, uh, Pops, Andy Pierce. That man has been a father to me for 15 years now, and uh, he has guided me in many ways um, and probably – the second most important way would be with my boxing career and uh, getting me to, to this point uh, that we're at where I'm a month away from being a world champion. Um, secondly, it's going to have to be my team. You know, my, 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 my buddy, my business partner, my, Derek, everybody that I work with and train with at, at our gym, you know, the people who help me out with my class schedule and my work schedule and stuff like that. So that uh, so that I can get to training and do the things that, that I need to do when I'm supposed to do them, and then uh, my sponsors, man, you know, Vodella, gotta give them a big shout out. Um, Zach Dillard is the guy who runs that company. He's a he's a very accomplished human being, but he also has an excellent clothing line. Um, so he helps me out quite a bit. So I you know I want to give him a shout out. Project Reset. That is a charity group that I work with for uh, veterans, and they do they do so much for veterans. I mean, it, it's it's I don't even think that I could explain all of the things that they do, but uh, they are a veteran based organization, entirely charity entirely charity based, and they've been working with me recently. They are fantastic. Uh, Militant, a clothing brand that I've been working with recently, another clothing brand uh, from up in Alaska. Um, want to give them obviously a shout out. 
appreciate all the help that they've been giving me. Um, Grit mouth guards, they help me out with my mouth guards. They're pretty fantastic. Imprint roofing and construction. This is my boy George. He uh, he bought me some new boxing shoes. Got me got me some stuff for training camp. You know, he's helping me out. Yeah, that that that's my guy. You know, um, but I guess the best way that I can describe it is, you know, I just want to give a shout out to anybody and everybody who's helped me out to get to this point. You know, this has been a a long fifteen years, and um, this is a nice place to be and a nice uh, a nice thing to be able to put on my resume and I'm looking forward to being uh, being the best champion that the BKFC has ever seen come 2023. That was the right thing to say at the end there. It really was. So um, the the veterans thing I think is really cool and I'll definitely want to you know, have you send me some information so we can link to that because we do have Veterans Day coming up next week. And I think that'd be a perfect tie in uh, for anybody who wants to donate, um, yeah. you know, a veteran based organization helping veterans. And that's something that we we ignore way too often. We really yeah. do. No, um, I completely agree. And I come from a, a military family. So for me, it, it literally hits home. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh Oh, if I fuck this up, I'm going to feel like an asshole. But I want to say it's just operationreset.org. Could be operationreset.com, but it's one of those two. I don't quite recall at the moment. Either way, look them both up. Try to figure that out if you can. And, uh, you know, just uh, go from there. Veterans Day is next week, you know, so keep those guys in mind. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I'll have you send me the link for it. I'll figure out if it's org.com. I'll save you guys all the trouble of that. I know it's really difficult to spend those extra six seconds figuring out if it's an org or com. But I want to thank my sponsors, La Barbara Cubana, the amazing beard care. Fatboy Jiu-Jitsu's got some amazing BJJ gear. At Tim Makes Knives on Instagram, makes some custom blades. Um, he's an amazing bladesmith, a good friend of mine. And then there's Bert, Bertso's Bake Shop. I, I made it through all of that, and I get to the last one. So if you're in Orlando, some amazing treats. Um, and then I want to shout out to the newest sponsor of the show, The Concert Junkie. Go to talesofaconcertjunkie.myshopify.com. Use the promo code QUIGGINOUT for 15% off your order. They've got a lot of really cool shirts, um, a lot that deal with mental health. Uh, they've got some that deal with the, what's the, disdain of politics. I won't say the words that are actually on the shirts, but you can gather what it's going to say. Um, there's some for, you know, there's some that are really, you know, I'd rather be at a concert, like funny things, but at the same time, like people don't realize that music really can change lives, um, and put you in a different place and put you in a calmer place, uh, to be around those like-minded people. So I'm really excited to be, you know, have them as a part of the show, but on behalf of myself, combat press, man, it's just awesome to talk to you. And again, it's, I'm always worried, like, talking to you so soon, you know, we just had it a few episodes ago, but it was like a, a first time conversation all over again. We, you know, we had all new things to talk about, you know, we got the black belt. Congratulations on that. Congratulations on this title fight coming up because I know this is something in the last two years that since I've known you, we've literally, this has been the goal. This has been the goal. And I know everybody says, Oh, it's the goal to be a champion. Not everybody has that goal, but you said, this is where I want to be. I need to figure it out. You did it after the two 170 fights. You said, this isn't where I need to be. Instead of fighting at 170, 
and you literally could have just ended your career there. You could have mm-hmm. kept finding guys that were way bigger than you for no reason other than your own pride. Let's be honest. Yeah. And you yeah, got right. That. You got the three fights. And one month from today, you're fighting for the BKFC lightweight title. So thanks, man. And good luck. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Matt. Uh, and th- once again, uh, just another beautiful conversation, man. This is a good time. I-, I look forward to talking to you again after I win. Oh, absolutely, man. Um, so take it easy, brother. Oh, thank you. You too. Hey, guys, don't forget to hit the subscribe, little bell, keep you up to date on all things Quigging Out. Thanks again.